Hello there. This is Series 9 of Satisfied. The Series 9 podcast enhanced the Graceful Living Bible study covering the essential truths for living a life of freedom and joy in Christ. I'm Melanie Newton, just an everyday kind of woman who loves the Lord and His Word. In the last podcast, we looked at what the filling of the Spirit is and how it impacts our lives. Today's podcast will cover Lesson 9 of the Graceful Living Bible Study. We will look at the call for us to be God-dependent. Graceful living is dependent living. Addressing women in my listening audience, I want you to know this. God wants for us women to be God-dependent women. Not independent except for when we need Him. But we are to be God-dependent all the time. The same is true of men. We as believers in Christ should live our lives dependent on Him all the time. In our strengths, when we're using our gifts and skills and opportunities well, in our weaknesses that drive us to Him for help, and everywhere in between. But being God-dependent all the time is so radically different from what our Western culture has taught us most of our lives. From the time we're girls, we've been told that women should not depend on anyone or anything for our success. I realize that this compensates for poor teaching from the past that looked upon women as weak, unequal to men, and too emotional to be reliable. So from girlhood, we've been taught to stand on your own two feet and that you don't need anyone to be successful. Self-reliance is the way to be a strong, effective woman, right? As the wise Jedi Yoda says in the Empire Strikes Back movie, you must unlearn what you have learned. That might involve turning away from some voices in social media, Netflix, books, and blogs that contribute to the illusion that you are a stronger woman if you are totally self-reliant. Let me say this, though. I'm not equating self-reliance with being responsible. God wants us to be responsible for what we do with our lives and our finances and our time. So how does this relying on God fit our lives as women today? Are we, as Christian women, supposed to stay like babies, not doing anything for ourselves? No, that's not what it means. We're supposed to grow and mature in our thinking and behavior. Are we, as Christian women, supposed to just lie back and let anything happen to us? No, that's not what it means. The New Testament teaches Christians to be wise and proactive in our dealings with everyone, whether in the church or outside of it, for our own good as well as for the good of others. Are we not supposed to use our skills, talents, advantages, and opportunities to be the best women we can be? No, that's not what it means. God wants us to give back to Him all those skills, talents, advantages, and opportunities that He has given to us and use them for His glory. That involves following His leading and guidance. Sometimes, though, our strength can be our greatest hindrance. We tend to rely on that rather than on God. So relying on God means submitting your strengths and your weaknesses to Him for His purposes in your life. The key to being a God-dependent woman is what can be described as dependent living. Human parents raise their children to be less dependent on them and more independent of them. But God raises His children to be less independent and more dependent on Him. 
whatever He brings into our lives that makes us more dependent upon Him is good for us. That's how we learn dependent living. Dependent living is not weakness. It's being stronger and having more influence, success, and satisfaction than you could ever have through your own efforts. As brilliant and self-sufficient as you think you are, or as weak and messed up as you think you are, and everywhere in between. You can have confidence in what the Lord Jesus Christ will do in your life so that you will want to depend on Him more than on yourself. As you submit to Him, our God uses our dependence on Him to transform us into the likeness of Christ. There are two aspects of being transformed to the likeness of Christ, God's part and our part. God's part involves some mystery. It is a mystery how God works in you. We're told in the scriptures that He does work according to His will and purpose for your life. We also are told that God will complete His work so that you will be like Jesus in your future. We know that God is the one who puts into your heart the desire to be like Jesus. He wants that for you. He puts that desire in your heart so you want it too. That is evident throughout Paul's writings for sure. And the Bible teaches that God gives you everything you need to be godly, starting with the Holy Spirit's empowering presence inside you. Add to that all the wonderful blessings of forgiveness and redemption, reconciliation, justification, sanctification we've covered already. God puts everything in you to enable your transformation. Our part involves choices. One choice is renewing your mind through studying God's words in the Bible to see how to approach life His way. You learn what pleases God. Then you can choose to follow up on that in your daily life. Colossians chapter 3, verse 16 says to let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. Richly means abundantly, to permeate all your thinking and behavior. The Holy Spirit uses the Word to transform you. Another choice on your part is having a desire for God's work in you to give you the character of Christ. When you long for His work in your life, you will want to submit to what He's doing and ask for Him to change you. As you submit to the Spirit's transforming power, He will clothe you with compassion, kindness, humility, and all those other qualities of Jesus. A third choice is to commit to doing life God's way. That's part of the transformation process. Jesus modeled for us how to approach life God's way and how to live in dependence upon Him in the process. Living in dependence means you choose to trust Him in prayer. Now God will complete His part. You'll see part of it during your lifetime as you yield to His work in your life, but you'll definitely be transformed completely after your life on earth ends and you begin your life in heaven. That's a promise. We've covered that already. In the until time, when others see the transformation in you, that brings God's glory to them. You become God's letter of recommendation from Himself to the world. You become the visible representative of the invisible God to those around you. And His glory can be evident even if you have problems in your own lives. Because remember, it's not about you. It's about Christ in you. And His grace is sufficient for you right now. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, 
Paul was the man who was caught up to the throne room of God, literally snatched up by God, where he heard inexpressible things, unspeakable because of its glory and its sacredness. He kept that to himself all those years and refrained from boasting about that experience. Who can do that on their own? No one. Christ gave him the ability to do that. And Paul was given a thorn in the flesh by Christ to keep him from being conceited about having this personal experience. It was ongoing. On his knees, Paul asked Christ three times to take it away from him. On his knees, he listened to Christ say no to removing that thorn and to give him the reason for doing so. The Lord said to him, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. So Paul basically said, Hooray for my weaknesses! I want Christ and His power on me more than my own. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Who can do that on their own? No one. Christ gave him the ability to do that. When Christ said to Paul that His grace was sufficient, He used a word meaning to be possessed of unfailing strength, to be enough. God's grace is His unmerited favor toward humans. It is a gift from God that we don't deserve and can never earn, and it is enough for us. Salvation by faith alone through Christ alone is a gift of God's grace. The Holy Spirit's presence in every believer as a deposit guaranteeing our future inheritance of a perfect body and soul is a gift of God's grace. Being transformed into the likeness of Christ during this earthly life of ours is a gift of God's grace. All those wonderful treasures that come to us as new creations in Christ are gifts of God's grace. They are enough to make us into whatever God purposes for us to be. Every healing, every answer to prayer, every time we get guidance about what to do and where to go, those are gifts of God's grace. They are sufficient to get us through this life and have joy in the process. The power of Christ works in us to help us in our weakness so that we can say with Paul, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That's a gift of God's grace, sufficient to strengthen us and display the glory of Christ in our lives so that others are drawn to Him as they see it. When you admit that you are weak, you desire Christ's power to rest on you. That means to take possession of you. You desire for His power to act on your behalf. It's a heart change when you desire more of Him and less of yourself. The results will be the best for you and for those influenced by you for Christ's sake. He works through us. People see it and give Him praise. That's a win-win. Paul exhibited more and more the character of Christ in his life. We see that in the pages of Scripture. As the years passed, he relied more on Christ, so Christ showed more through him. The Holy Spirit made sure we could see that too. As Paul wrote to the churches, his words were the Lord's words to them and to us. Those 13 letters we have in our New Testament are God deemed significant enough to make them Scripture for us. Paul followed Christ. He wanted those looking at his life to see how to follow Christ so that they would do it too. He didn't do everything right. Neither will we. God's gift of grace covers our mistakes as well.
Christ's power made perfect in weakness is what he did on the cross for us. It's what he wants to do in us and through us. As these beautiful words say, Jesus Christ gave his life for you so he could give his life to you, so he could live his life through you. His grace is sufficient to save us. It is sufficient to regenerate our dead spirits so that we are spiritually alive for eternity. And it is sufficient to live his life through us as we let him. God transforms your life by teaching you to live dependently on him in weakness and in strength. You learn how to do this as you act in obedience to the word of God. Depend on Jesus Christ for the power to do so and trust him with the results. This dependent living will make you stronger and more effective in life as you become a God-dependent woman. Dependent living is hard. It's refraining from boasting about spiritual experiences. It is enduring a thorn in the flesh God chooses not to heal. It is trusting God's grace to be sufficient to handle anything in life. It is being glad about weaknesses so Christ's power shines in you instead of your own power. It's trusting Him for strength all the time, not just when you can't do something on your own. It is loving God so much that you live your life in dependence upon Him, which leads to obedience to Him. That's the example Jesus set for us. Graceful living is dependent living. Let Jesus satisfy your heart with His grace so that your life overflows with His grace every day. You will experience a life of freedom and joy. Until next time, I'm Melanie Newton, and this is Series 9 of Satisfied.